Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to reflect on all the wisdom shared in Lesson Impossible's second season. The special agent assigned to help you with this task is me, your host and mission coordinator, Aviva Levin, in Edmonds, Washington. As many school years come to an end, so does Lesson Impossible's second season. I will be taking a break in July, and we'll be back in August with some episodes I'm really excited about such as homeschooling partnerships, gradeless assessment, and trauma-informed teaching. However, for our last episodes, I wanted to reflect on some of the wisdom my special agents slash guests have shared and pull a quote from each interview that really impacted me and hopefully you as well. We ended our last episode, which was part one of this two-part series of bonus episodes, with my interview with Kwame Sarfo-Mensa about teacher identity. I then spoke to Agent Ivo Hanan, who teaches innovation and design in the United Arab Emirates, as well as being a YouTube host, director of special projects, presenter, and freelance designer. Ivo finds that being busy with these other interests make him a better teacher. They're watching someone who practices what he preaches. If I'm asking them to be designers and innovators, it's very important that I am visibly a designer and innovator myself to help strive that mindset in my students. This made me consider all the ways that I want to model the skills and attitudes that I try and teach my own students, whether it's taking the risk of joining a French conversation club or writing local activists thanking them for their work. Your subsequent lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to create positive relationships with students and families in a kindergarten class for English language learners. Agent Mandy Yom spoke candidly about how teachers will sometimes judge newcomer families, assuming that they care less about their children than other parents because they are often less involved in school activities or parent groups. What parent doesn't want the best for their kid? Every parent wants the best for their kids, you know, and so like, What we think is the norm might not be the norm for them, or they just might not be able to um, help in the way that we would want them to. Talking with Mandy was a fresh reminder that I need to be hypervigilant about my racial and cultural biases and be cognizant of how my personal identity, as discussed previously with Kwame, influences my interactions with parents. After Mandy, your lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to examine the factors contributing to and find strategies to prevent or recover from teacher burnout. Agent Dr. Marquita Blades spoke about her own experiences, and this episode resulted in the most feedback from listeners, all of whom said that they were able to identify moments in their careers where they either experienced or were on the path towards teacher burnout. What really spoke to me was Dr. Blades' pushback on the idea that burnout is an essential part of being a teacher. Teachers are guilted uh, to believe that we have to self-sacrifice And if we're not self-sacrificing in all areas, then that means we're not devoted to the the mission of educating children. And that's just a false narrative that we really have to reverse. We can love our students and our jobs and still love our partners, children, or friends. This interview, 
and quote in particular, inspired me to start asking my new interviewees about their own strategies for preventing burnout, in the hope that I can start normalizing talking about mental health and education. Agent Lauren Porosoff spoke about making lessons that are personally, practically, and culturally relevant to students in order to make the learning they do at school meaningful. Like all the episodes, there were so many quotes I could choose from, but the one that resonated with me the most was, We don't teach students, we don't actively teach students how to prioritize their work, how to think about what's most important to me, you know, what don't I need to do, or what... We, we send sometimes we send the message that students need to do their best on everything, but do they really need to do their best on everything? Like, it has taken me a long time to figure out when to say no to opportunities, to say to myself that something is good enough, or to be okay with not doing exactly what is expected of me. This is an important part of self-care. Yet we all, as we saw with the previous interview, carry an incredible amount of guilt about it. Lauren's remarks made me want to start explicitly teaching students how to prioritize, not based on their teacher's ideas of what is or isn't important, but their own. Following Lauren, your lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to help students enjoy writing as they discover how to improve their written work. Agent Shannon Anderson, herself a published author as well as a teacher, gave a detailed explanation of how she would teach an engaging and informative 40-minute writing block. So much so that I felt I could turn around and do it myself immediately after. She also reminded me of one of the most important tools in my teacher toolkit, modeling, saying, And I always model first. That is one of my biggest tips that I give teachers is, Anytime I've ever seen a writing lesson flop or I feel like the kids just don't know what to do, it's usually because I've skipped the modeling part. Not only is this a prompt to reflect on all the techniques I've gathered in my metaphorical toolkit, it solidifies for me what a good teacher is. Someone who, when a lesson flops, asks themselves what they did wrong instead of blaming students for not understanding. Another lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to incorporate computational thinking into all content areas. Agent George Valenzuela talked about the importance of understanding the theoretical frameworks behind good teaching. I now believe that, you know, every practitioner, and myself included, needs to understand the why and how such practices help kids learn. While I don't think everyone needs to get their PhD, like George did, it did encourage me to seek out some of the fantastic research that is being done to make sure that my classroom practices are evidence-based and as effective as they can be, including articles and books being written by some of my amazing guests. Your next lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to be compassionate to yourself as you develop strategies for mental wellness. Agent Marie Cooney spoke on a range of topics from teacher perfectionism to trauma, but what stood out to me the most as we were talking was when she said, As school counselors, yes, we are there to support the students, but we also are there to support the teachers because if the students are in a classroom where the teacher feels supported, they feel that they are in a healthy environment. I really don't think we give our school counselors enough credit for the role that they play in the school. And I would advise any new teacher who's looking for mentorship, that your school counselor can teach you so much about how to interact with students and families. I've personally had a lot of difficult conversations with families that went so much better because I got context 
and input from their assigned counselor, and even ran through my major talking points to find the most clear and sympathetic language to use. Like with Rebecca Blue Wolf's interview, this episode is a reminder to me that there are so many excellent educational professionals that are more than willing to help me, as long as I ask. Second to last in the season, your lesson, should you have chosen to accept it, was to explore how to increase engagement, lessen anxiety, and create real-world connections by teaching math through a conceptual-based instructional model. Agent Joanna Castellano spoke about her experience with her own subject matter as a student. I struggled with mathematics. I unfortunately failed high school mathematics. I knew what it felt like to sit in the room and be horrified when the teacher might possibly call on me. I would purposely sit behind the tallest person. I am very much in an understanding with my students about that math anxiety. What I love about this quote is that Joanna, a math teacher and coach, is able to acutely empathize with our students in a specific way that not all teachers can. I think we all have different potential points of connection with students, and this made me reflect on how I can use my own memories of struggle to improve my teaching practice and relationships with students. Finally, the last episode was with Agent Courtney Jones, who spoke about her Clear the List movement to help teachers buy supplies for their classrooms. She described how... Back in August, uh, we had some celebrities get involved who did some like, um, I think it was Twitter Live or Snapchat or something. And they were saying, oh my gosh, I never even realized that teachers have to buy pencils for their classroom. Like how ridiculous is that? While the generosity of strangers is very moving, the fact we need it is upsetting. There are academic studies that show, for example, that students understand mathematics better when there are manipulatives to help them visualize concepts. Not to mention, students learn how to read better when there are books to read and write better when there are pencils to write with. And this brings me to my final reflection. We have a lot left to do when it comes to changing the education system for the better. There are days when it seems hopeless, and I can't imagine an equitable system that is inclusive to all students and values the work that teachers do. But then, and I know this is a little maudlin, I think about the amazing things that the guests I interview do and know that there are so many educational professionals out there that are doing their best to make positive changes every day. And really, that's what this podcast was about from the start, finding teachers who are making the impossible possible. I wanted to end by thanking all my guests again for taking the time out of their busy lives to share with me and the Less Than Impossible listeners the innovative things they are doing in their classrooms or larger school communities as well as their setbacks so that we can feel less alone in our own not-so-amazing moments. And of course, a big thank you to you, the listeners, for your support of the podcast. So have a fantastic July, and I look forward to returning with new episodes in August. If you want to find out more about what innovative educators are doing around the world, You can find links to the full interviews of the guests featured on this episode at LessonImpossible.com. On the website, you can also get in contact with me to suggest future guests, learn more about the Less Than Impossible mission, and follow the podcast on social media. And if you like the podcast, please consider forwarding it to your colleagues or reading and reviewing it on your podcast listening app. This has been Less Than Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.